yes, so I did, I did these tutorials, I did a little test and then I was accepted into the management department. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was in the other building, which was over at Well Street. So if you cross, yeah. you cross Oxford Street with your yeah. busy thing, we literally had to push these dinner trolleys. Yeah. <laughs> across the middle of Oxford yeah, Street. Like loads of people crossing across. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. it's so funny. Um, so I was then part of the Well Street building. And yeah, the Match Move team really welcomed me. And I think we had another couple of juniors joining at the same time. Mm -hmm. And my first film credit, well, the first two film credits were a couple of shots for Harry Potter, mm -hmm. uh, number seven, part two. Right. And I was a big Harry Potter fan. Oh, so yeah, wow. just to get, yeah. A couple of shots on there. It was, yeah. it was really nice. Yeah. Hi, and welcome to the VFX Artists Podcast. On today's episode, I have Sarah Getfield, a UK-based matchmove supervisor, as well as a VR and an AR artist. Now, you might be wondering what Sarah has to do with being an artist in both industries. So let's find out more from her. Finally, finally, <laughs> how are you doing? Yeah, well. yeah, exactly. The first time, uh, finally. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. I think it was two years ago, um, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, we connected. I think because there was a period where I was that the the much move industry, at least for me, because I freelance, it, it went quiet, and I didn't understand mm -hmm. what was happening. <laughs> Um, and I thought it was due to Brexit. But then for some reason, because of the way the LinkedIn algorithm works, my connections commented or they liked. And for some reason, it came up onto your 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 link, your profile. And then Indeed, maybe... but it was also because your work was very good. I had to look at your various showreels and All right. your Roto Anim is amazing. It's really, really oh, good. I try what, it's not what, my favorite I... thing to do. No, I don't. I don't enjoy it either. Really? <laughs> but I, I don't have a choice because I'm a freelancer. Like so, <laughs> I, yeah. but yeah, thank you so much for taking time out because I know it's quite sunny outside and you could be out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thank you for taking taking time to do these as well. I think it's a great idea that you're kind of giving industry experts um, an opportunity to explain how they started, mm, and then yeah. we can also show the younger generation but also people who might want to change their careers right i'm sure that covid has kind of shown people that if you can do a job and, mm -hmm. and you get paid for it and yeah. and you can enjoy it then you yeah. can change it it's, yeah you know. yeah exactly yeah yeah basically yeah i mean i think we have a lot to talk about because i mean basically regarding your journey into the industry as a vfx um much more supervisor but then also especially because you've transitioned into the VR and AR um, industry, which I really want to understand more about. Um, sure. But I guess, yeah, first of all, um, if you don't mind, is it possible for you to just tell us who you are and what you do currently? Absolutely. So my name's Sarah Gatefield and I'm a match move uh, supervisor, mm -hmm. um, but I also dabble in um, XR, so virtual reality, augmented reality, all of the different realities on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm interested in it is because I believe it's the future. We're gonna to move towards headsets and glasses and so on. Um, but it's also because it's so closely related to match move. Right. Um, like people understand now what LiDAR is, right? Mm -hmm. You can get it on your iPhone, for example. Yep. Yep. And people understand what augmented reality is. So when I try to explain what match move is, it's like mm -hmm. a manual version of augmented right. reality. Yeah, and it just it blows my mind that the technology has moved so yeah. quickly in the last four or five years when I began my journey into XR. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just incredible. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I've, I mean, I've come to know you as someone who moved from much move farming to the VR. Um, but before mm -hmm. I jump ahead of that, um, of that journey, I'd like to know more about your journey into the VFX industry. So I'd just like to know. Absolutely when it started and who or what inspired it for sure well okay where do we start um <laughs> my parents uh my mum's a disney child right okay so um we had the opportunity to go to disneyland paris and disney world a couple of times when we were growing up yeah um, but she always got us watching musicals and um watching disney movies and so on 
and you know when i first saw toy story yeah uh, pixar's first um animated uh, feature length film yeah which was back in 
um, 23. <laughs> um, and I was lucky enough to meet with a girl who was working at a um, post-production company called Envy. Um, oh, yeah, sure. And, mm. Yeah. And she was doing night shifts as a runner. Okay. So it was getting teas and coffees in Soho and running mm. reels, right? Yeah. Like yeah. physical yeah, I did. I film. Yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah. And it's not that long ago, I promise. It's really yeah. not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she, you know, we got chatting, we got on really well. And she was like, look, maybe I can kind of get you in there. Or I'm actually going to be starting at another company in a couple of weeks. And they might need some runners as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're called Framestore. And okay. I was like, okay, cool. Um, yeah, if you can do something with that, I will do teas and coffees. At that moment, I was doing reception cover work yeah. in in london going left right and center but yeah. you know when you're that age you just kind of take anything and yeah. it's part of the adventure you know of course yeah um and yeah luckily like i interviewed and i got in and i started running and it was so nice to be part of a group where everybody's on like the same career path if you like yeah but it also opened up my eyes to what you could do within visual effects Mm-hmm. Um, so we were a team of runners and the idea was to get teas and coffees for clients um, working with high profile clients with advertising agencies and so on um, mm-hmm. I was in the building on Knoll Street which isn't Thank there you. anymore because they moved yeah. out of Soho yeah. um, and that was the commercials building so yeah. they were doing lots of cool adverts mm-hmm. um, and like one day they even brought in Andrex puppies because yeah. they needed references for that and it's just yeah. oh, i think yeah. back at the times now it's, it's yeah, so course. cool yeah right? yeah and we were getting their their dinners ready and so on and then there was like a you had to do your time right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you did your eight hours and then after work or before work you were then able to use the computers that the big bfx people used yeah. as well so yeah. it was long right yeah. And you were there for maybe 12, 13 hours at the end mm-hmm. of the day, but you were kind of all working towards that same goal, which was to get promoted. Yeah. So um, I ended up being there, I think, maybe a year and a half, because then I got promoted to head runner. Okay. Um, I like leading a team, but also being part of a team. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, management saw something in me with that and also at that time I didn't know if I wanted to do modeling or paint mm-hmm. and roto or or any of these things it was like a real chance to explore yeah and something came up in this department called match move right okay. yeah and I hadn't heard what match move was at university mm-hmm. they all said oh no you can just do animation that's fine or maybe a bit of modeling yeah. so match move like, okay uh, mm-hmm. I will give it a go and uh, did a couple of tutorials um i think i had to borrow they frames were very good in that they had like a lending library of all these dvds okay. so the Noman workshop for example yeah um i think that helped a lot of us yeah right, yeah, for yeah. A proper internet connection and tutorials yeah. yeah and um yeah so i did i did these tutorials i did a little test and then i was accepted into the management department mm-hmm. and it was, it was in the other building which was over at well street so if you cross you yeah. cross Oxford Street with your yeah. busy thing. We literally had to push these dinner trolleys yeah. <laughs> across the middle of Oxford yeah, like Street. Loads of people crossing across. Exactly. Oh, yeah. it's so funny. Um, so I was then part of the Well Street building. And yeah, the Match Move team really welcomed me. And I think we had another couple of juniors joining at the same time. Mm-hmm. And my first film credit, well, the first two film credits were a couple of shots for Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven part two right. and i was a big harry potter fan oh, so yeah, wow. just to get yeah. a couple of shots on there it was yeah. it was really nice yeah. um and also as a child <laughs> i was obsessed with horses right okay. mm-hmm. but later i found out that i was allergic to horses right <laughs> <laughs> so i could never do horse riding lessons right? yeah but mm-hmm. i read lots of books and and there's a writer called uh, michael morfugo and he mm-hmm. does, he always writes about animals. And one of mm-hmm. his books that stuck with me was called War Horse. Okay, yeah. And it's about this horse that, that goes through, I think it's the First World War, and he ends up losing his owner, and then later he <laughs> he meets the owner, so spoiler. Yep. Um, but 
we were lucky enough to work in Steven Spielberg and Roto animating horses right, yeah. <laughs> and doing cameras. But can you imagine for a junior? Yeah. Right, now you have to animate a quadruped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've actually never <laughs> wrote a message a quite yeah, a quite a bit. Yeah. But it was it was amazing, like and then I got to work on a lot of different shows. So uh one of them was Sherlock Holmes uh, mm-hmm. two, for example. Yeah. Um another one Wrath of the Titans and like we were lucky enough that Framestore had these big clients and mm-hmm. they entrusted us to to do good work and yeah. yeah. I was there for a while and it was also the environment I'm sure you find this that um when you're part of the team especially in match move like everybody's problem solving together right yeah um and they're like oh yeah I remember that bit that bit doesn't have information <laughs> but actually I've worked out that it's this and mm-hmm. I enjoy that it's yeah. really nice to share those things yeah sure yeah yeah. How did how did that yeah, how did that lead on to becoming a supervisor, a matchmaking supervisor? Huh. Okay, well so then um obviously as you know, as a freelancer, mm-hmm. uh contract contracts end, whether it's yep. because there's not enough projects, whether it's just because it's downtime during uh, the industry season or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um it did tend to happen quite a lot in Soho where like the summer was quite quiet, for example. Yeah. Um and I then went to Prime Focus Film um, and I got to work with anamorphic lenses, which okay. are fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was on Total Recall, so the mm-hmm. reboot. Um, so again, uh, like a childhood watching a film and then being able to work on the next one was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then after that, again, a contract ended. And I decided to take a little break because by that time I'd worked uh, consistently for like three and a half years or something, including the running time. And I was like, okay, what do I want to do now? So I took myself off to Amsterdam with my bike. Um, And it was, yeah, I I did like a little bike trip. Okay, nice. Yeah. And I just wanted to like assess where I wanted to go with this career because for me, working like for Disney or an animation or something had always in my mind meant that I had to go to America but with the um with the visual effects industry I realized now that my world was open there were visual mm-hmm. effects houses in India in Australia in New Zealand mm-hmm. and yeah. it just opened up this possibility to go traveling I, yeah when you're younger or if you don't have family commitments and things that is exciting yeah it can be different if you're older or you have other things that you need to take yeah, care of, of or you bought a mortgage on a house or whatever but for me at that moment in time that was yeah. like the dream great yeah. pick up your suitcase go work in a different country experience the culture and the people mm-hmm. get to work on some films and commercials amazing yeah okay. yeah so uh, I sent out some CVs and I was very lucky to have a trickster in Germany reply okay. to me and say, mm-hmm. yeah, we'd like to have you. Why don't you come out and you work on um, Iron Man 3? Mm-hmm. And so that was awesome. Again, I was doing rotomation yeah. <laughs> with all of these suits. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with trickster that was cool was that they, I'd, I'd known German from school, but it okay. was very, very minimal. Mm-hmm. But the studio, their main language was English, which was mm-hmm. lucky. Yeah. Um, and they had a majority of um, German people working there, I think. But then they also brought in international people. So yeah. it was such a nice atmosphere. Yeah. You know? And like when I walked in, have you worked at Trickster? Yeah, I've been. So the first time right. I worked there, I had to actually literally go to Munich and I, I stayed there, which I really loved. It was my first time yeah. in Germany. Yeah, it's really lovely. And everyone's really nice Absolutely. at Trickstar as well. So, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. I was just amazed that they had all of these old film cameras oh, yeah. around in it. Yeah. Like all these film posters. They've yeah. got their own cinema. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, it was so nice. You've yeah. got people that are passionate about working yeah. in the industry. Yeah, they, they really and work hard. Years, I think, yeah, they do. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're really, they've got a good link with Marvel and they do mm-hmm. really, really good work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, I've worked with them maybe three, four, five times over the course of my career. And I okay, yeah. happily go back, you know. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, so uh, after that, yeah, like the door was open to go to different places. So mm-hmm. I've then worked in Frankfurt for Pixamondo. 
Um, okay. I worked in Berlin for Rise. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, later on, I've worked for MPC um, in London, and then um, Method Studios. The thing is, like, it sounds like a lot, but mm. it is also the nature of the work. Yeah, right? of course, yeah. And for me, some people don't like the fact that you do have to constantly move around. Mm-hmm. But for me, I like it because then it keeps it fresh and it yeah, means course, you're interacting yeah. with different people all the time. Sometimes, yeah, of course, it. it's nice not to have to just do it just for a month and then there's no work and so yeah. on. I know that you understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for me, yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, it's it's same with me. Yeah. Um, indeed. So then when I got to after this period, maybe I've had like five or six years, no, five years experience. Mm-hmm. And I got to go to MPC. Mm. And they were um, putting me in as a lead. And that would be my first position leading a group of people. And there were a lot of juniors. Um, And my supervisor, he was a really cool guy. And he entrusted me to do it. And I told him, I don't know if I'm ready for this. You know, there's management skills and dealing with people's egos and Mm. my ego. And and it was like a whole new ball game. But I was lucky enough to work on The Martian um and also a little bit of jungle book right Mm -hmm. so unfortunately we weren't working in the building where they were doing all of the cool technological stuff Mm -hmm. where they were trying with virtual reality and um these things for for jungle book and um but but you know i knew it was coming so there was something Mm -hmm. like there in in the background yeah um but my main task with that was looking after people and uh guiding them in the right way and so on and i made some really good friends from them yeah as well um and then after some time there again contracts finish um i then went what i thought was going to be a uh, a mid or a senior position mm-hmm. at double negative tv yeah. and when they sat me down uh they, this was chatting with the executive um, producers. Yeah. So Louise Hussey and um, Hayden Jones um, and Stefan and like these guys have been in the industry for <laughs> many, yeah. many years. Mm-hmm. And they, they have a way of encouraging the best out of you. Mm-hmm. And so I was going in thinking, right, I'm going to be this, this particular level and so on. And they wanted to put me forward as the supervisor. Okay. And again, it was quite a jump, bearing in mind that I'd only led a team mm. maybe six yep. months before that or less than that. Mm. But they instilled in me a confidence, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, and I ended up leading a team of a mix of mid, but a lot of juniors, uh, 11 or 12 people. Okay. We were doing a lot of head tracking for Fungus the Bogeyman. I don't know if you remember <laughs> seeing that on screen. I haven't, unfortunately, <laughs> no, I haven't yet. <laughs> It's a classic story, I think. Okay. Um, one of these typical British uh, stories for kids. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was a lot of head tracking. Yeah. Um, but it was a really well, well done project because um, Mark Pascoe from Double Negative, he was uh, doing all of the supervision and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, during that time, I learned so much about myself, yeah. about dealing with other people. Don't get me wrong, there were times where it was hard. Yeah. And I didn't know how to deal with some things. Yeah. Um, and the majority of the time I was supported. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's it's a whole new ball game when you when you're not only doing your work, yeah, you're kind of approving other people's and yeah, and dealing with, with people. But it was also great fun and double yeah. negative, you know, they had beers every Friday. Yeah. Um pizza and beers, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um and it was a nice, it was a nice atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so I was with them for a while. Um, and then again, I took a little bit of a break and went traveling um, and then came back to Double Negative and got to work on some more things such as Black Mirror. Okay. And I got one of those episodes and I think it was actually nominated uh, for a BAFTA, yeah. which was cool. It was yeah. nice to have led on that project. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, there were... There were some exciting projects during that time. But after this, I've been working in matchmaking for like six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I supervised and that was fun. Yeah. I just didn't know where to go after that. Because for me, I haven't necessarily been interested in lighting. I think that you need to have a really good eye for colour. 
yeah. uh, in detail with that. Whereas with Match Move, I much prefer the technical side yeah. and the problem solving. Right? Yeah, I, I love doing art and everything else, but I wouldn't consider myself an artist in the same way that lighters mm -hmm. are, for example. Yeah, but, yeah. And modeling, again, basic level, but it doesn't interest me enough to kind of pursue that. So I was yeah. like, okay, where am I going to go? What am I yeah. going to do? I still yeah. want to continue doing all of this, but. Um, and it was because I saw two adverts. So mm -hmm. the first was the Kickstarter for the Oculus uh, DK1. Okay. And I was like, okay, what's this new thing with virtual reality? Yeah. Um, and then the next one was the famous Weta uh, whale that's in okay. the sports hall. Yeah. They were showing off the potential for Magic Leap. And I was looking at it and I was like, oh, that's the future. And again, yeah. it got me excited, right? I was like, okay, this is where I can try and learn some things. Only thing was, there was a barrier in that I was never very good at maths, right? And yeah. unfortunately for this particular new technology, at the time, it was very much about knowing programming. So I ended up trying to take some C-sharp uh, programming lessons because I was uh, using the game engine Unity. Yeah. Um, I hadn't necessarily thought about looking into unreal at that time um, because everybody said that unity was a bit more accessible for for juniors um, and then maybe you could learn the blueprint stuff later and, and so on but and for me they were making it a little bit more accessible to do things with um, google cardboard for example yeah. um, there was support for that using unity more than there was for unreal okay so i was like okay let's do it i did so many tutorials we had some downtime at work, so I was lucky enough to use that use that time. Yeah. Um, I also ended up getting a 360 camera, um, okay. a little theta, um, and trying to understand how to do stitching and, and sorting out all of this stuff with yep. a software that was called oh, Sky something, but then okay. um, Adobe ended up, ended up buying it. Okay. Um, but also, like... I'd got to a level where the match move was good. I knew what I was doing, but now I was in a new world where I was a junior. I was completely mm -hmm. starting from scratch. But what I didn't realize, because my confidence then went down, what I didn't realize was that actually this technology is super new. So everybody was mm -hmm. kind of working out of what to do with this. Yeah. Like th there was so much creativity, but how to get it done, mm -hmm. it was, yeah. It was kind of difficult, but I was I was lucky enough to have a supportive partner who yep. was also very creative, and together okay. we met a we made a um, uh, a really good team because she okay. was more on the creative side and the artistic side, and then I was yeah. more on the technical side. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, over the course of a couple of years, we ended up making projects together, mm -hmm. um, and they were super fun. We ended up doing a hackathon together right. because it was during this time yeah and like we slept we didn't sleep we mm -hmm. did it for 36 hours or 72 right. hours yeah and it was something to do with the united nations okay so the united nations have the sustainable development goals so let's try and solve poverty let's make sure everyone has access to water and so on yeah. and something that was close to my heart is homelessness okay yeah. um and we decided to use the theta 360 camera in order to put somebody else in somebody else's shoes. Okay, yep. So we wanted to show you what it was like to be homeless. Yep. Um, and we spoke with various people that were on the streets during this, this period. Um, and we were trying different tricks like putting the camera at the street level, right? Mm -hmm. As if they're sitting on the floor and yep. just changing this, this, this level mm -hmm. gives you a completely different Oh, yeah. different perspective of course yeah. but again we didn't realize that we were we were exploring new things okay. we thought oh well people people must have done this already but no it was like a really exciting time for kind of pushing the boundaries and like the creativity right mm -hmm. as much as i love technology at the end of the day it's about the the creative things that you can do with it yeah. it's still a tool mm -hmm. right so yes we did various projects together another um augmented reality application where we did it again for the for the UN. Uh, we were trying to show what climate change was going to do to your city. And so yeah. in Unity, 
she modeled the, the 3D models and so on and was thinking about the UX and the UI. Mm. And then I put everything into Unity and made sure that the interactions worked. And it was kind of like a game, right? It's, um, you, you scan the floor and then a city will pop up. Yep. And then it will show you that if you haven't collected enough coins, which means that you haven't recycled enough things, okay. yep. um, then the city's um, water levels are going to go up until the, there is no city anymore. Okay, yep. And it was more, it was thinking about like a call to action and getting people interactive with things yep. and a different way of advertising. If you yep. um, and so all of this then led to, I still want to pursue the VR and AR thing, because that's where I think that the technology is going. Yeah, yeah. I thought in the back of my mind as well that MatchMove might get to a point where it's more automated. Mm -hmm. um, because if you if you can do things with VR yeah. and it knows your position and so on, then then surely they're going to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and then I'd be out of the job. That's <laughs> my <laughs> thought. So. <laughs> Exactly. So then I'd need to uh, skill up. And as we know, in our industry, so much has changed like mm -hmm. in the last five, 10 years. Right. Yeah. And as, to work in this industry, I really think it's important that you have that enjoyment of learning. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because otherwise, unfortunately, like mm -hmm. it just moves so fast. Yeah. Um, and so then uh, due to various, various reasons, she was changing her career as well um we moved back to her home uh homeland of spain yeah. okay. um and it was an opportunity for her to do a 3d course and it was an opportunity for me to join um a virtual reality and augmented reality incubator yeah. so it was like a startup <laughs> and i joined i my spanish was minimal <laughs> at that point yeah but they were kind of doing things in, in English as well and met some really interesting people. They were, they were, the idea was that you had to create something that solved a problem. Mm -hmm. um, so we were following this idea of the lean startup um, where you iterate and iterate and you try to put it out there as soon as possible. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be all pretty and nice. It just has to kind of serve a purpose. Yeah. This was a whole new way of thinking for me as well. Um, but I really liked it and actually had a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and you had people who were trying to use virtual reality for relaxation. Yeah. Uh, there was another team that were trying to use VR for teaching English. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, this is really early days and it's mm -hmm. only three years ago or four yeah. years ago. Um, and the new AR kit had come out from Apple mm -hmm. and AR Core came out shortly after that. And there was Snapchat with their Lens Studio. Um, Instagram, I don't think, had their, or Facebook didn't have their, um, their studio at the time. Yeah. Um, but there was all this new like SDKs to play around with and to, to explore. And again, pushing the creativity and hoping that it serves a purpose. So I ended up teaming up with a gentleman who um, loved film. So we all immediately had that, that interest. Yeah. And literally, we locked ourselves in a room for about four hours. And we just like threw out ideas like here's this crazy idea that we can make an application that helps you make a movie. Mm -hmm. And in the end, um, that is something that we ended up doing. So mm -hmm. imagine you're using augmented reality in order to uh, place things in the real world so that you can do a location scout. Right. Yeah. You can kind of show the director, oh, this is what it could look like. And, and you're doing it ahead of time. Um, we also mix that more with parents don't always get to spend uh, time with their kids um, because of work commitments, because of things that need to be done around the house. But at the same time, and you can tell me if you believe in this as well, at the same time, you know that technology is always going to be there mm. and you don't want to take away the screen time because yeah. actually it, it's important, right? So you've kind yeah. of got to get a balance. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you your child's yeah. only two right now, but I'm yeah. sure it's in, in. Yeah, yeah, I can make yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, there's always regu yeah, regulating it. And, yeah, making yeah. sure. Yeah, exactly. 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 So we wanted to create something where the parents and the kids could combine that shared screen time. Um, and this is before we could do multiplayer in, yeah. in augmented reality. And again, not that, that early, not that long ago. And yeah. 
Uh, we were trying to think of ways how to, how to connect them, but the idea was there. And the idea with building the startup is not just that you have a finished product. It's then so that it can scale later. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, I was really lucky to work with a gentleman who was living uh, just outside of Madrid in the north of Spain. And he was working with Unreal because that was his background. Okay. Um, and so there were some workarounds and so on. But he built us this prototype in Unreal that worked and we launched it on the um on the google play app store and it is there now okay. if you wanted to download but it's like it's only a demo okay. um and there was another gentleman who helped us with all of the ux and the ui and like really he did some really beautiful um like uh, beautiful ui things mm -hmm. and and got us thinking about well actually if you touch this button then that's not the right way to do it we should do it like this or this color is important okay. and it like opened up my mind to so yeah. many different ways of doing things and with vr and ar we are going to have new ways of interacting with the yeah. world right yeah. it's not yeah. just using a mouse or using a keyboard we're going to use our hands and, yeah. and voice and, and all of this yeah. and yeah it's fascinating yeah. so big shout out to those two because yeah without mm -hmm. them we wouldn't have been able to get our app yeah. And off the back of that, like we had connections with various companies in Spain and we went and we pitched it. Um, and that was interesting. That was fun. And they were interested, but it's okay. obviously, it's always the problem. Like, well, you need to have already done this for a year. You need right. to show me that you've got a certain number of paper clicks and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I even got the chance to go to Dublin um, with a, a startup um, a conference called ARVR Innovate. Okay. And yeah, like we had really interesting people that, that came over and looked at our product. And again, it was a chance to pitch and, and see if you could get any investment. And yeah. yeah, it was amazing. It was really cool. And yeah, only thing, only thing with these things is that you still need money right, <laughs> to yeah. pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's tricky. It's really yeah. tricky. And so um, because of various people having various commitments we we ended that okay. that journey but yeah. i'm still super proud that we managed to make something in the first of course place. yeah yeah um and it's it's taught me a lot right mm -hmm. and off the back of that i was then able to get work at a company just outside of london in reading mm -hmm. um to do a hololens project okay um and this was again this is the future right, right. like yeah. they were very interested in my background because of the visual effects stuff okay they were building their own green screen studio mm -hmm. um and yeah they had some really nice 2d animators and uh, a couple of 3d people mm -hmm. it was a very very small team um but they'd managed to get this really good contract with a medical uh, provider and they had a medical conference in paris and we had a very short lead time of three months Yep. Um, in order to build a connected HoloLens experience where people could interact with a beating heart, right? All so right, imagine okay. people are wearing the, the HoloLenses mm -hmm. and they can see a heart in front of them, which is animated, mm -hmm. but there's also interactive bits so they can move it around. Mm -hmm. um, they're going on like an audio journey as well. So okay. using spatial audio. Yeah. Um, and the other part of the project was also then... Uh, to give a PowerPoint presentation, mm -hmm. again, where multiple people could see this at the same time. And again, we're not talking about that long ago, but trying to do multiplayer things when you're on a shared internet in a conference where you've got thousands of people, crazy, right? Yeah. And so I, I was working with a gentleman who's like a super, super coder, and he ended up creating like our own little server basically mm -hmm. so that people could do it but there were still problems right because okay, yeah. you've got so much interference and yeah. like if the if the interaction gets knocked slightly mm -hmm. or like none of the things are aligned like we had to do calibrations okay. of the whole thing but what i really enjoyed about it was is the fact that it related to match move mm -hmm. and it was pushing the technology and like everyone that came onto the stand they were like this is amazing like yeah. last year you showed me things on ipads and now <laughs> i can see a beating heart in front yeah. of me it was just like yeah so the client was super happy and and yeah we were very happy as a team yeah um and then yeah off the back of that i then uh did a little bit of freelance work 
quiz with milk in London, um, but it was back and forth Spain okay. because then it was like, okay, the VR and the AR stuff, I still really want to do. But I also know that my coding skills are not up to scratch just yet, but okay. I also don't just want to do the coding. I want okay. to do the more artistic stuff or, or layouts, if you will, okay. like bringing all of these assets in. Mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't learned Unreal at that time because it was just another thing to, to get on board with and so on. But, and then, of course, like the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I was really, really lucky in that the same town that we were living in, in Spain, yeah. um, was the new home of Netflix Europe. Right. All right. Okay. And they had a connection with a company called MR Factory, and MR Factory does virtual production. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't too sure about what this virtual production was, um, but I knew that I was interested in it. Yeah. And they were giving me the opportunity to learn Unreal. Um, they have a massive uh, green screen studio, um, and they do a lot of taking a car, having the actors and actresses in a car. And then the background is then in real time okay. substituted for, for the comp. But mm -hmm. obviously the beauty of real time rendering is that you can then change the lights there yeah. and then the director mm -hmm. can see. Um, at the moment, they don't have the LED lights, the, yeah. the LED screens mm -hmm. like they do in, in uh, behind yeah. the scenes of the Mandalorian, for example, mm -hmm. with ILM. But I think it's going that way. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's again, it's this creativity, right? Like the technology is super cool, but it's then being able to give the power of creativity back into the director instead of having to wait for hours and okay. hours for renders, if not yeah. days and so on. They're seeing it in real time. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I was on hand more for match move and layout because okay. we had to take those cameras and put them into Maya the majority of the time, sometimes on yeah. depending on the project. Um, but as with all technology, there are times when it doesn't work because of mm -hmm. various things, because yeah. of interactions and so on, or frame rates and, and so on. So I found myself doing more match move things. Um, yeah. But it was also the opportunity to then learn what Unreal was okay, yeah. capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And it's just, again, it's like people have been on these courses recently, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, With the yeah. Unreal uh, Fellowship. Yeah. And from going from like almost no understanding of it to then creating these short films, mm -hmm. that is putting the power back into yeah. people's hands, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and for me, yeah, that is the direction that I would like to go in because it still utilizes my knowledge of match move. Mm -hmm. And I still think that there will be a need for match move to either tidy up things or to creatively then bring cameras in in a layout yeah. position. Um, and also then getting to get to use the cool technology to be able to see those scenes as well, mm -hmm. like um, John Favreau did in Lion King, for example. Yeah. Um, so for me, I would love to have like a mix of this virtual production plus the match move, plus the augmented reality mm -hmm. and, and all of it, because I think that's where it's going. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Wow. What a journey. <laughs> Your journey is, yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of wisdom, a lot of hard work as well. Um, Thank you. But yeah, I mean, I have, I have a lot of VR and AR questions, but before I do that, I've got a quick much more question for you which is um, okay. i'm just wondering why you think there's a there's a stigma behind the role as a as a much more artist um just because yeah. from experience it's for some time and I, I i can't tell if it's still the same but it seemed to be yeah. less valued or appreciated and it, it usually yeah. was classified as an entry level and um as, a, as entry level for juniors and or runners to move into yeah. Um, even though it's by far one of the most important um, departments in, in, the, in the industry and it's, it's very difficult to do um, because Absolutely. it takes a lot of skill and attention to detail and technical knowledge of cameras and lenses um, uh -huh. so yeah I'm just why do you think that stigma I mean I don't know if it's still around but it, it used to be um, yeah. why, yeah, no, why no, do you no, think no, it I, was I, yeah I, I completely agree with you and yeah for me as an entry level uh artist when i was a runner my options were paint and roto to go mm -hmm. down the comp side 
-hmm. or to do match move to then probably go into lighting or modeling or one of those other things mm -hmm. but i also know people that have been match move artists or supervisors or whatever for a number of years like mm -hmm. myself yeah because as you said at the end of the day mm -hmm. like everybody needs a camera yeah. right Mm -hmm. So you're not going to get anything done without a camera and you mm -hmm. will notice when the camera doesn't work, yeah. right? It always comes back to us to, to yeah. sort it out. Um, I think it's because maybe people don't realize the amount of work that goes into it. They think, mm -hmm. and especially with virtual production, I think people get this idea that, oh, the camera's been tracked, so therefore you can just throw it into Maya and it's done. Mm -hmm. And actually, no. Like there's still a lot of offsets. There's still mm -hmm. a lot of counter animation that you might need to do. Mm -hmm. Because although it might have picked it up at the time, like there will be interference, there will be this extra mm -hmm. jitter, yeah. right? And and our job as a match move artist is to recreate that. Mm -hmm. um, and you need to kind of have a depth awareness. You need to understand where to put those points. Mm -hmm. um, and even in a layout way, like that is a little bit more creative. You're, yeah. you're doing that from scratch rather than picking points. Um, but you kind of also need to understand what the director wants, right? It's not just yeah. a case of like, it goes from here to here. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, no, I don't know why there's still that signal, yeah. but I wish there wasn't. And people yeah. can make a career out of it if they want. But I also think it's important that they stick, uh, they, they keep learning mm -hmm. new technologies because okay, yeah. that's all going to come together as well. Okay, yeah, sure. And um, are you able to um, tell us the difference between VR and AR because yep. they sound similar but I guess they're, <laughs> they're different. Indeed okay so, so we have this spectrum now which is mm -hmm. called XR and that's standing mm -hmm. for mixed reality. Mm -hmm. If you imagine a line like this XR is kind of in the middle here. Mm -hmm. So you've got augmented reality which is where think of Pokemon Go where mm -hmm. you use your mobile phone later yeah. it will be glasses and there are things that are in 3D and they are placed on real world objects, right? Um, kind of like match move, as mm -hmm. we're saying, right? You can still see the plate, mm -hmm. but then you're putting 3D objects or 2D objects on top of those. Mm -hmm. On the other side, we've got virtual reality, which is a completely different world surrounding mm -hmm. you. You can't see the outside. Um, and this world could be whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. um and also in in terms of headsets uh well at the moment with augmented reality we only, we only have phones or we have hololens and you can still see the outside world uh so you wouldn't get as disorientated because you have like a, a point to look at and so on yeah on the virtual reality side it's a completely covered headset so your eyes are, are blinkered um and this is why it's important to have like the virtual reality headset calibrated um because if the headset doesn't know where you are then you know you could bump into things or you could feel yeah. a bit dizzy and so on um does that make sense yeah it does yeah <laughs> um what's what's your i mean I, I think you touched on a bit but what's your day-to-day -day like working as in the vr and ar industry <laughs> it depends on the projects because mm -hmm. i've also done some projects for uh like with snapchat for example okay. um and I've made some filters for uh, Facebook and Instagram um, and Zappa, for example. Mm -hmm. So it could be, this is the thing that I like about MatchMove as well, though. Every day could be different, right? Yeah. So if it's MatchMove, then you might be getting camera information or you might be just putting points down or you might be throwing the scenes together and then passing it along to the mm -hmm. next person in the pipeline. Yeah. With VR and AR, you could be working with the 2D artists in order to get the UX and the UI correct. And there's a lot of problem solving there as well, because when you, you don't realize that when you use a mobile application, um, how much thought has gone into that. And now there are certain industry standards where we know that the button that goes next should be on the right, right? Mm -hmm. And the button to go back should be on yeah. the left. But that took some time to kind of figure out. And it's the same in like virtual reality. Where's going to be best to put an interactive button that tells you to go forward? Mm -hmm. And because in virtual reality, you can do things in 3D space, we shouldn't just be thinking about these 2D buttons. We should be making it more exciting because yeah. in virtual reality, you can do anything. So imagine it could be a giant strawberry 
that is in front of you. Yeah. And for that, you need to push it or you need to hit it or something. And it, I guess I'm trying to say that like every day could be different and it could be creative or it could be technical. It yeah. Could be a mix of these things. Yeah. Would, would you say, I don't know if I've got, I'm, I'm overthinking it, but would you say that the early, the early stages of VR and AR could have been um, the, the time where we used to do, we used to have um, stereoscopic um, glasses to watch films at the cinema. Would you, would, would you think that's close yeah. to it? I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at... Yeah, but it... Like, I'm just looking at, thinking back at when I watched, say, for example, Avatar. I watched Avatar in 3D um, yeah. with a 3D camera. I mean glasses, sorry, and mm-hmm. and, and there, you can tell the difference between having the three D glasses on and not. So I don't know. I don't know. You might know more if you think it's close to 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 that or like mm. it. It it's been like a gradual thing, right? So mm-hmm. I believe one of the first VR headsets mm-hmm. played a game called the Sword of Demalakis or something. Okay. Um, and it was this giant contraption, right? That that had to be suspended from the ceiling. Okay. And they had like a, a set a set of goggles that could, okay. could then be worn, and then that person could see very primitive three D shapes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this idea of like three D in um, cameras, it probably also goes back to like the Victorian ages, or even okay. before that, like mm-hmm. with the pioneers of cinema. And like maybe you've seen like these strange devices where they've got like a set of binoculars and then in front of that, they've got like uh, a 2D picture. Yeah. But they split it into two so that you can get two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back as, right. as far as that. Right, but, yeah. And, and it, again, Kofi, it's always mm-hmm. about the cameras, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're never going to yeah. escape these cameras, right? No, they're going to help us with everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, um, you touched on a bit earlier, but because I had a, a question about that, um, which I put saying that changing industries or departments usually mean you have to mm. start in a lower level. And most of the time um, that affects your pay cut as well. Um, so I was, I was wondering how your transition um, um, has led you to become uh, a senior in, in what you do mm-hmm. currently in the, in the VR um yeah it varies uh, but it, right. you know even as a freelancer it can also vary depending mm-hmm. on how many people they need at the time depending on what the budget is mm-hmm. um i wouldn't say that i'm a senior in terms of the programming yet okay, yeah. i'd still yeah. say that i was a junior mm-hmm. even though i've been doing it for two or three years but in order to maybe increase the salary i always bring my background of visual effects and that okay. is very valuable Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that you have, if you're working in visual effects already, you have a base, right? So that that knowledge is transferable, mm-hmm. and it's this crossover of games technology and film technology that are coming together. Mm-hmm. And then the next part of the puzzle is to then learn the the coding or the blueprints in okay. Unreal, for example. It is a different way of way of thinking. Um, and I still struggle with it, but luckily we have so many tutorials that, that we can we can utilize that now. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned a bit about real time. I'm just wondering, is is that different from VR and AR? Yeah. So imagine instead of being able to wait for a render, mm-hmm. you are okay. seeing that render as it would be literally in real time okay and it's actually thanks to the unreal engine Mm -hmm. um a little bit of unity as well i don't know why they haven't caught up in the same way as unreal Mm -hmm. unreal's been really good with their marketing recently but unity was also offering real-time rendering with octane for example yeah yeah. um but for whatever reason the visual effects houses have now gone with unreal or they're Mm -hmm. doing their own yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's mainly for for the render times and being able to see the lighting effects and the color changes and changing mm. materials and all of this without yeah. waiting for a render. Oh yeah, sure, okay, yeah, that's great. Um, I think you've touched, <laughs> I think you've pretty much answered all of my questions. But um, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was I was curious about what softwares you use and what problems you are trying to solve with the mm-hmm. AR and VR. But I think you've 
you've touched on that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But I guess, like you said, a lot of, um, yeah, Unreal and um, Unity, like from the beginning, as you started with. And yeah, I mean, the use cases are very right because depending on projects and what clients and customers want, I guess. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. But it's also about trying to think outside the box as well. Mm. Like the beauty of this software is also it's free, which I think is incredible. Mm. So therefore anybody can literally like try and start with it and make mm. something. And the only yeah. limitation then is your is your imagination. Mm -hmm. Obviously there will be technical things as well, but yeah. there are ways to get around it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. One question I think you didn't you, you didn't answer, which is quite good, is that do you oh. think that <laughs> do you think there are risks to ad addiction with with VR and AR? Just like we saw, um, I watched Ready Player One, and there was the scenes mm -hmm. where addiction was 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 part of the scenes. Do you think it's um, a risk? So addiction of being in a virtual reality place. Yeah, think? or using or using VR, or do you think we'll we'll get to that, or probably have probably try and implement um stages where we don't like society don't get to the stage where we get addicted to it uh, i see okay well i mean uh, part of me wants my world to then be a movie set right i've okay, always yeah. had this this idea of i could be walking down the street and then suddenly the dinosaur from jurassic park just walks in front of me right? mm -hmm. i really like it um but yeah then ready player one and various other films like minority report was one of mm -hmm. my favorite films yeah um and matrix right yeah it's setting a future or a society yeah where we are dependent on escaping from real life yeah and yeah that is a bit dangerous isn't it and mm -hmm. anything that's that's in excess is, is difficult to deal with yeah so I, I would hope that it becomes something as a tool as yeah. a way to connect people yeah um and the fact that you could maybe be in a hologram and visit your grandparents for example oh, yeah you know um mm -hmm. but using it as a tool rather than a way to completely leave real life because yeah that's difficult yeah, have to yeah, think sure. about that one. <laughs> yeah um um do you know anything um that we don't know coming from that industry i mean <laughs> in terms of um looking at the future do you know is are there any anything that i don't know society are not aware of that are... i haven't got any insider information about the new apple glasses if that's what you mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no i think i think you, you make a good point in that you worry about what society could then go down to because social media has had a massive impact on mm -hmm. us for the last 10 years right if yeah. not more um and maybe with the rise of ai and mm -hmm. like you've got computers now that can create masterpieces yeah. right and they do mm -hmm. that of their own accord it, yeah perhaps some of this needs to be regulated and um i think for me as well i always want to use technology for good and mm -hmm. to make a difference um, yeah. I love doing the entertainment stuff and if that like makes somebody happy that is wonderful as well um, but I think this kind of technology can be used for educational reasons or for changing somebody's perspective about something so yeah. good advertising if yeah. you like yeah. Um, um, yeah but yes it's true we're gonna have to be careful with when the robots like creep up on <laughs> yeah when when do you think it will become mainstream um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm not an Apple girl. <laughs> I've always right. been more Microsoft. Yeah. But I'm a little bit angry with Microsoft because they've recently done a defense um, contract with their HoloLenses. Okay. Um, so unfortunately, that goes against what Bill Gates likes, which yeah. is supposedly looking after the environment, and yeah. it's going against it. But I mm -hmm. think the ultimate thing will be Apple has such good design ideas that yeah. they will set the precedent for these glasses and yeah. i've been waiting for this like since a couple of years ago um and they've been laying the foundation 
they've put out the AR kit to developers for free so that people mm -hmm. can then build for their ecosystem. It's very, yeah. very clever. Mm -hmm. And I think that mainstream, maybe in the next couple of years, and I think maybe even the pandemic has accelerated things a lot, yeah. because we now do things so much more virtually. Not mm -hmm. saying that we always want to do it. I definitely want to go back to the office yeah. and interact with people. But yeah. I think that there is now a way for people to communicate, um, and it will be VR headsets that become more... It'll become cheaper, less heavy, people will want to wear them. Yeah. Or maybe it'll be with these augmented reality glasses. And okay. Yeah. Next couple of years, I reckon. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, what advice would you give to anyone looking to be like what you do, um in career wise, as, as either as a as a action move artist or as well as to possibly transition in into a different um, department, for example. Sure. Um, I just want to say that anything is possible, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm somebody who finds maths and physics really, really difficult, and yet mm -hmm. I'm doing a job which is really technical, um, both in MatchMove and in uh, virtual and augmented reality. Mm -hmm. And there will be setbacks, of course there will, but at the end of the day, it's about learning. and. Mm -hmm. In the lean startup, they always tell us it's like you need to fail, fail, and fail again before mm -hmm. you get anywhere. Yeah. And uh, there's a entrepreneur called Gary Vaynerchuk, and yeah. his whole thing is that he loves failing. Mm -hmm. And it's a different mindset because we're taught from a young age that you need to get a certain number of grades and mm -hmm. you need to be, I think you mentioned on one of the LinkedIn yeah. posts as well, it's yeah. the whole idea of grading somebody but at yeah. the end of the day if they don't like that particular thing yeah then they should pursue something and if we have the ability to do something that we want to do and we get paid for it then that's yeah. amazing i realize that that's not accessible for absolutely everybody mm -hmm. um but if you can you can make it happen it's taken me three years to get to this stage mm -hmm. right but also what is three years in a in a 10-year career yeah right it's, it's not very much Mm -hmm. And you've got to enjoy it, yeah. Because the pandemic has shown us that life is short as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, of course. Yeah. Um, my last my last question is: Do you you miss being a match move artist? No, because I'm still doing it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I still get called in to to fix tracks and so on, okay. and it keeps me on my toes. Yeah. And yeah. No, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. That was um very insightful um and i think people people will find it interesting because usually people tend to stay in the same um industry or same department and they, mm. they don't tend to transition or, or try new things so it's, it's it's good testament to 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 know and to see it, that you're balancing both actually and, and both are very technical and but I think the, the key point is that you find both very interesting and you enjoy doing both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think mm -hmm. that's really good. Absolutely. What yeah. about you, Kofi? You're going to stay with Match Move or you're going to try something else? Well, so like you said, I do enjoy the, the technical aspects and the problem solving um, of, mm -hmm. of Match Move. Um, and, and I do enjoy a lot of photography, but I've, I've realized that it's... I don't actually enjoy doing it for clients because um, I had a studio, mm -hmm. but then doing it, doing it for clients, it's just, I don't enjoy the creative creative part of it. So I, I, I do it more on a personal um, basis. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And lighting is something that I was very interested in because because of working with a lot of the cameras and taking a lot of photos, I, you have mm -hmm. to understand lighting and it's something that mm -hmm. I find very interesting. So it's something that I might need to look into. But then also I realize mm -hmm. I'm not that technical. Um, hmm. Yeah, um, it's tricky. I don't know. I, I, I find myself to be not that technical. Um, and then so when it comes to like problem solving, I just I just can't. I just can't articulate things faster enough quicker enough mm -hmm. so that that's something i need to work on but yeah lighting will be something i'd like to to um yeah explore okay sure yeah. and anything on set 
oh yeah <laughs> on set was something that I, I really wanted to do um mm-hmm. I, I was th- I was talking to um Yuri from my previous mm-hmm. episode but I don't yeah. think I can ex- I can I can do that right now um because of family life yeah um yeah, yeah. I don't know it's long hours yeah it is yeah I mean I don't mind I don't mind being on set say every now and then but Mm -hmm. as a as a full-time or as a freelance Mm -hmm. everyday job thing I don't think I'd be able to to do that yeah but yeah yeah that department was inspired from just actually from National Geographic because I I loved Mm -hmm. what their photographers do and I always admired to be somewhere crazy just taking photos of like animals or nature so that was what inspired yeah my interest it could still happen it could still happen yeah yeah definitely your child will grow up and then come with you you know yeah definitely yeah you never know yeah (laughs) (laughs) so are you doing a really good thing with this it's going to be really insightful and yeah yeah, keep going with it yeah thank you yeah i thought i thought um college because um, when I was coming out of university I I did a lot of work experience from on my third year and mm. it was it was very helpful for me to to get work and um get my foot in the door because mm-hmm. it's meeting people and making connections and learning how the industry works so yeah that I think, is what it is actually yeah a lot of my contacts have come from my running days yeah yeah they remember that I was a good worker Mm-hmm. And then you you apply that same ethic to to then your everyday job, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, like always be kind to people, always exactly. be nice to people because you never know mm-hmm. then where they're going to end up. You never know when you're where you're going to end up. And yeah. if you can, try to to pay back some of the kindness to yeah. other people as well. Of course, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for for your time. I don't thank you <laughs> don't so want to take for your time. yeah don't want to take too much of your time. It's been eye opening and yeah very interesting. But yeah, awesome. it's, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. Thank you.